and welcome to episode 16, episode Smiths, I believe it is, perhaps episode Jim Buckley or Greg Kennedy, if my mind goes back far enough, the two tones. I'm Tony DeVolfo, and in the absence of uh, Tony Moclair, who's away for a week, we have the great Tony Kudafidis here. G'day, Kuda. Beast, great to be here. Tony, just for this uh, episode, of course, and once I walk out here, it's back to Anthony, yeah? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Fair call, Anthony. Uh, you're looking in great shape, Kuda. Um, you were saying to me off here a moment ago that you're still uh, chasing the leather for the over-35s. Um, how's, the, how's the fitness? Um, how are you holding up? Yeah, not too bad. I, I agreed to it through a friend of mine, and uh, Ange decided to play. I said, if you get Ange to play also, I'll play. And uh, I didn't think Ange would commit to it. So he's actually still playing on a Saturday for, uh, I think it's Hawthorne Spartans. And I, so I thought, there's no way he'll back it up on a Sunday. Anyway, he said, yeah, he'll do it. And so I, I agreed to it. I've had a, a great time. We've, we've, I've played five games. We haven't won one, believe it or not, B. So that hasn't been enjoyable. But it's good to get out there. You know, at 44, the, the body's certainly not like what it used to be. There's a few aches and pains, but I, I don't <laughs> tack the ball like I used to, and I don't back back into packs. So I try to get through unscathed, but still go out there and enjoy it. And I, I love my fitness, as you know. So it's good to be able to get out there and still kick the ball. You know, Beast, it's funny, and I hope I'm not talking too much. But, you know, when you've always loved the game of footy, it's really sometimes hard to let go. As much as you think, no, I'm over it, that love for that over ball never can surpass you. You know, never, you can never get past that. And so to get out there and just play around, you know, have a bit of fun on a, on a Sunday, every two weeks the game is, and they're only 20-minute quarters, I enjoy. So I just play in the midfield, run around, get a few touches where possible. And I'd imagine that in hearing you say that, that your career in some respects has come full circle because I'm sure that when you first played the game, it was fun and you yeah. enjoyed it. And along the way, there were so many highlights, as we, we all know, but there would have been some tough times too and, and football was a business. But now at the end of it all, you can uh, reflect on the game and, and playing it now, it's for the sheer love of the game, which is a great thing, I believe. Yeah, and look, I reflect back to my days. I started at East Thomastown and then the, the Layla guys came and recruited my brother and myself over to Layla Football Club. And those memories there, I'll never, ever forget. Young kids riding our bike to the to the ground, you know, hanging out with mates and uh, going to the shops and eating some food after training and, you know, riding our bikes back at night, you know, getting home to mum and dad. You know, those memories, I'll never forget. It was only three or four years I was at Layla Football Club and got some great friends out of there. But, yeah, you're right. Now, again, I can just go out there and have a little bit of fun. And sometimes my kids come out to watch me play and I, I put a bit of pressure on myself because I've got to, you know, I've got to show the kids that I can still play this game. And uh, last time they came watch, I didn't play too good. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, you go in too hard. I said, am I really? Like, I don't go anywhere near as hard as obviously when I played AFL footy. But, oh, look, I still go out there and love competing and that will never... I guess, leave me. And I always think, you know, while I can still run around and do it, why not go out there? Because Barry Mitchell, I'll never forget his words he told me, and uh, this was at the peak of my powers, that he said, you just never know how many good games you've got left in you, Kuda. And he was right, because I thought, oh, mate, like I was flying then. I thought, yeah, don't worry. But you know what? He was right, because then the injuries started and uh, the career sort of, you know, tailed off a little towards the end. So it's right. And so now I think the same sort of way. If I can get out there and while I can still play and if I'm enjoying it, why not? I mean, time factor comes into play. I want to give my family as much time as possible. But if it's there, you know, for a couple of hours, have a little bit of fun, why not? And all power to you, Kuda, because of it, brother. Um, we're going to uh, reflect shortly on the, uh, the Carlton Adelaide game, the most recent game. Unfortunately, we fell two goals short. And again, mm. it was a, a contest. Uh, the team was well in for a long period of time. And probably had their chances to, you know, take control. But um, before we get into the specifics of that game, um, 
Uh, I wanted to um, talk to you about Charlie Kernow. Now, um, there have been comparisons made between yeah. Charlie uh, at this early stage of his career and, and your good self. Yeah. Um, have you had an opportunity to look at Charlie and, and watch the way he's been going about his business? He's not in games only into his senior career. Do you have a view there? Do you see a little bit of yourself in him? Uh, what are your thoughts of, on him as a player? I think about 22 years ago I had the same similar haircuts. Beastie he must go to my old hairdresser. Yeah. I don't think he's still around cutting hair, but uh, definitely he's a great athlete. You know, I've been compared to a few players that have come through this football club, and I think even Andrew Walker when he first came, people compared you know, myself to him. And then, of course, we had Tom Bell, who had a lot of resemblance to myself. And then some people look at, you know, Patrick Cripps and I and have that little bit of comparisons also. But now it's Charlie Kernow. And uh, Bonson Pully, I think, was referred to me a little bit by Luke Beveridge a couple of years ago also. But you look, there's no doubt you look at Charlie and you just go, hang on, it looks like me. You know, when I was a young kid, this guy, I think, is a little bit probably more advanced because I played a lot of reserve games. And... The, the football was different back then, Beast, you know, like if I went out there and only got 10 or 15 possessions, I'd be in the reserves for the next three weeks. And if they had to compare, you know, uh, choose between an experienced player or non-experienced, they'd go the experience back then. So, But Charlie looks to be a lot more advanced at the same sort of age. He's very athletic and I dare say he's probably got better endurance than myself. I was more of a speed man and my endurance is not so great, but he's tall, he's got these long arms and boy, he can take a good mark too, so... I think if he improves his, uh, you know, his game, maybe the ground ball stuff, that little bit more, this guy here, we know, could be anything. He's still so inexperienced, a lovely kid too. I met his father. They're an athletic family. And his father knew everything like with me and, of course, my athletic background and things too. But you know, they're just an athletic family and he's, he's got that athleticism to say, you know what, he's still got a lot of growth to go. He's a natural-born athlete and probably hasn't, doesn't realise how good he really can be. And it's only a matter of time before something just clicks and he goes to another one, two, three, four, five levels, beast, and we'll all look in awe to him. And uh, he's a very exciting talent for the club. And you won't be convinced, of course, until he picks the ball up one-handed mm. on the run, full full well, ball like you did. Well, Martin Shannon said before that he reckons he may have sort of got a glimpse of that. I doubt it, because there's only one person that's been able to do that. No, maybe, nowadays, uh, you know, who knows. But until he does that, you're right. And grab the ball one hand through the pack and fend off someone then I can say, OK, maybe then he surpassed me. Fair call. Now, another player that's uh, captured your attention of late, he's been in rare form and it's been an extraordinary story, is Liam Jones. Um, what um, has impressed you about the way Liam's gone about his business these past four or five weeks? Well, everyone wrote him off. It's a great story in life. Uh, you know, the persistence part and discipline and all those things because... You know, he would have gone through a lot of things mentally and we know now there's a lot of issues, you know, mental health with a lot of the players now and I understand the difficulty. I've been through it myself and we had to sort of, you know, be the ones who had to toughen it up and put a brave face um, and sometimes that's difficult. But with Liam Jones to be able to persist the way that he did get thrown into defence. Now, if you were starting his career now, you'd say he'd go down as one of the all-time greats. He's a freak. Like, he's just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's put together the back line. You know, all the jigsaw puzzles, like, what's the missing link? Not to say Sam Rowe wasn't great, because he was great, and I can't wait to see him back. He was unfortunate with his injury. But Liam Jones, he's almost, you know, the GWS game, you know, was it him being there, the reason why they got over the line? Because he's a rock, and he's really hard to get through. You don't realise how tall he is and athletic, and he's very strong from what I hear too. So I'm thrilled when you hear stories like that, Liam, because, uh, Tony, because a guy like Liam Jones gives hope to any other player that if you keep persisting and believing in yourself and don't read all the rubbish out there, that maybe one day you'll get the opportunity. And with him, if you have someone who believes in you, Tony, I believe, 
um, you know, can really get the best out of yourself. And he looks like he's enjoying his footy. Uh, we don't want to put too much pressure on him. He's still, you know, raw in terms of being a defender. But he could potentially, you know, the way he's going, be one of the one of the greats down down in defence. And who would have said that at the start of the year? I watch him in a practice match take that big hanger in the first quarter and go, mate. There's not many players that can do this. But where, you know, where did he go? The rest of the game, I asked someone, you know, and and now he's just proven everyone wrong. And I, I think that's great. I can't wait to see him. Tony. I just want to shake his hand and say, mate, thanks, because it gives a lot of people hope. A lot of players to say, you know what? Don't ever give up. And you just never know what's around the corner. Well said, Cooter. It's great to hear your observations there, and and all power to Liam Jones. It, it has been a great success story. His has been one of the best success stories in the success story, which is the Carlton defensive team that. Uh, group within the in the team that are playing so well and playing selfless football, playing for each other. It's obviously impressed you seeing all those guys going around, Marchbank, Plowman, Doherty, Simpson, the whole lot of them. Yeah, and I, I know Ange Christou's come in to speak to the defenders too, so they get like past players to come in and talk to them. I think that's just a great initiative by the players, and I think that's Sam Doherty who's the leader down in defence, but they've almost made a group of them uh, themselves to say, you know what, we're the defence of this, this Carlton Football Club. We're a close-knit, we're our own little, you know, part of the family. We're part of the team, don't get me wrong, but we're going to make sure that our defence is strong. And they, I think, push and encourage each other to get a little bit better. And I know when you're competitive against each other and you don't want to leave the, let the team down, you'll go out and do extra work. And that's what, from the outside, I don't know from the inside, you know, but from the little whispers that I do here, that's probably something that's going on. And this defence here could really propel this football club into, you know, potentially finals in the next year or two or three. Who knows? But... They've certainly got it down pat, and uh, they're going to make it really difficult for a lot of teams they are going to play against them. Simo is probably one of the few left now that was a contemporary of yours. He's yeah. still going. Um, I think he gets to 300 if he goes on next season. Yeah. You believe he's got it in him for well, another I, year, I, no I problem? Do. I think he's just surpassed my 278 games. He's on. I think this week he's 279, so there goes my sixth position. <laughs> <laughs> I, and as the years go on, I can see you know guys like Murph and Gibbs if he hangs around and... Crips and all these crew, you know, crews are all surpassing my my uh, games. But uh, Simo's just been terrific. Uh, I can remember a skinny kid walking into the football club, not getting a touch his first two games, thinking how long has this kid got to go, mate. This guy here, you know, for the for the size of him, the, he puts his body on the line, and he's a very very tough player. He runs and reads the ball well. He's smart. I don't know, but I still feel like he's certainly got a lot of time left in the game. I mean, we know when you get to that sort of certain age that you know the year comes and bang you're out of it but by the looks of it the way he's running around he's still got a lot of time left in this game he's a terrific kid Kate, and I see him around quite often and uh, I always admire him and there's no doubt I, I, he deserves to get the 300 and I, I believe he will mm. um, To the game itself at the weekend Cooter um, Carlton conceded I think the first four goals of the match against Adelaide they started a little bit slowly but then uh, I guess the measure of the, the team that it is now that it fought its way back mm. into the contest. Maybe two years ago, they would have lost by seven, eight, maybe ten plus goals. But the team really fought its way back into the game, and um, and as I said earlier, certainly had its chances to take the contest against a team that's considered a genuine uh, premiership threat. Um, did you have a chance to look at the game at all, or have you followed the fortunes of the team in recent weeks? And what what's impressed you about the way this team has gone about its business this year? Yeah, I have watched them, Tony, not every week. I did watch parts of this game, and in particular towards the end, and uh, they almost had it. You know, when they kicked that goal and uh, got in front of them, we were cheering and thinking, oh, God, they're going to get over the line here. Um, 
but it wasn't the case. But like what you said, exactly a few years back, they would have lost by four or five or six goals. But, you know, they fought their way back into it somehow. I don't know how, but every time you feel like they're, they're in the game now, they can win it. Like GWS was a great example of it. And I think the two weeks ago, my family and I went down and we watched the uh, Carlton versus Richmond game. And to me, Richmond dominated that, that game. However, in saying that, in the last quarter, Carlton almost had him. It was that one mark we dropped in the forward line, then they turned around and kicked the goal. Then Basically, then it was going over. But by God, if, if that had have turned into a goal, anything could have happened that day. And we're talking about Richmond that are a pretty decent team. So I admire the guys. I watched from the lower level, and the first time I think realised, Tony, how greater athletes these guys are. Now, I think the game in the 80s and 90s was a better spectacle, in my opinion. But these guys are phenomenal athletes, and we forget. I think they're underpaid for what they do, in my opinion. And I'm glad now they're going to get a pay rise because it is a tough game. And I watch the speed of the guys go and the handballs and the kicks, the precision. And we complain because, you know, they miss goals and are they as accurate as what we were back in our days? Well, these guys run their guts out. And we did too in our days, but these guys are another level of athletes. And so I was sitting there with my son and said, you know what, you want to play basketball? Well, have a look at these guys here. Look at look how athletic they are. Look how quick they are. They are fit. You've got to be fit. And... You know, I, I certainly admire the way that these guys go about their footy now. Real, true professionals, beast. And, uh, yeah, I, look, in going back to the uh, the football club in Carlton, well, the competition's so even now, isn't it? All of a mm-hmm. sudden, at the start of this year, I thought, you know, Carlton, oh God, you know, maybe bottom, you know, bottom half of the draw, of course. I don't know. Hopefully not bottom four. But the competition is so even, it's opened up all of a sudden. And all of a sudden you go, wow, maybe, maybe next year. You just never know with a little bit of luck in the development, some of these... We, we've got some absolute gun players in our team, Tony. I mean, we're talking about Murphy and Gibbs. They're, they're elite Sam Dockley, elite Cripps. Uh, unbelievable freak, you know, freak, the, the power of the guy. Uh, Cruz is in incredible form. And the list can go on and on, can't it, really? And then you've got your young developing players as well. So uh, I, I didn't say Kate Simpson, but he's, you know, elite too, my, my very good, uh, you know, ex-teammate and friend. So... They've got a great base there. All of a sudden now the club's looking really interesting, in my opinion. <laughs> Very true. Um, we, we've got a little bit more to talk about, Kuda, but I guess for the record I'd better cast my votes uh, in the Two Tones Player of the Year Award yes. for the weekend. Now, uh, I am going to uh, um, uh, first of all apologise to Charlie Kuno because I thought he was a very good player for Carlton the weekend. I couldn't sneak him into the top three this week. Very sorry, Kuno, and I'm sorry, Charlie. Charlie's time will come, Kuno, I I promise you. So I went with one vote to Liam Jones. I thought he was outstanding on on, um, Tex Walker, kept Tex Walker to one goal, and another scalp, Kuno. He's taken some big scalps in the last month and a half, and there's just another one for, for Liam Jones. It was great to hear your thoughts on him. Two votes I gave to Patrick Cripps. I think he's really starting to hit stellar form, um, Cooter, this year. Um, had an injury interrupt at the start of the season. Had to claw his way back. and He's in, um, um, you know, supreme form at the moment. And three votes to Bryce Gibbs, who I would suspect would be close to, if not outright leader in the club's best and fairest at the moment, had an outstanding year, been the subject of much discussion, yeah. will he or won't he? He's still a contracted Carlton player, Cooter, so uh, we would like to think home is where the heart is, and he would stay on with the Carlton Football Club, but he has been in rare form for the club. Probably in career best form, Cooter. Yeah, they say he is. I mean, that 40 possession game that he had only a couple of weeks ago and kicked a couple of goals also, and then back it up. I think, he, did he have 15 tackles he, or something? He did, like he did. Robert crazy. Walls acknowledged uh, his, the defensive side of his game. He said yeah. that's what's 
what has made Bryce Gibbs a more complete yeah. footballer. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he'd agree with that. He, he's been in rare form. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we mentioned Murph earlier. Be remiss of me, Cooter, not to congratulate yes. Mark Murph and his wife, Jesse, on uh, the news that they are to be proud parents of a son That's what we in need. the new year. That's right. The news came out uh, early in the week, Cooter, and it was the only piece of good news in a very bad week for football. There was a lot of, you know... Uh, bad news in the, in the game of football through the week, but his was a very good news story. And um, talk about kids, you mentioned your kids earlier, you're here with them today. Yes. Uh, uh, now, Jamie, the older one, he, he prefers the round ball, he's a basketball man. Yeah, I'm glad you said basketball, not soccer, yes, the round <laughs> ball of basketball, yes. <laughs> but your, your youngest son, yeah, the he, little bloke, he he's mad. He takes a shine at the overwall, oh, and, he, and he's out there on the sacred turf now as we speak out at Icon Park here. Yeah. And, Kurt, are you telling me that he gets around picking the pill up one-handed? Is that right? Well, I won't lie because Jamie, the oldest boy, I don't even think he's ever watched highlights of myself. He has no interest whatsoever in football. But Lucas will sit there and watch my highlights over and over again. And, he's only uh, human. He's a, <laughs> so I don't mind watching them myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so he does it at Oscook, funny enough, that he's got the small ball. So we play a little bit at home too because he's constantly like, Dad, let's go and have a kick. I'm just like, just relax, Lucas, take it easy. But it's what I wanted, someone who just loves sport and now I'm complaining. And, uh, yeah, do you so enjoy that? Does. You actually go out and have a bit of a kick yeah, with I him? I do with him, yeah, because he's so keen for it. Yeah. My oldest boy, Jamie, who loves basketball now, I take him everywhere and I play with him, you know, like compete with him as well. And, give him my guidance, I don't put pressure on him or anything like that, but when he was young I had to force him, you know, so this kid's a little bit different the youngest one, Lucas, and I think they've got the Father and Son Academy next week here mate, he won't sleep for a week, I'm telling you <laughs> he can't wait, so he's out there now, and he's kicking the ball around so, you know, he asked Martin Shannon before if he can go out or whatever, and Martin's giving him a footy so he's kicking a few goals with some of his cousins here, so he loves it and he, he loves the players and watches every week and we do our own little AFL footy tips uh, on my fan page on Facebook, uh, and uh, yeah, he, he studies it and watches, and he picks Carlton every single week. So does my daughter Monique. So it's good fun. It's, it's good. good fun. It's yeah. good, and that's what's all about. It's fun, as you said. The football is fun. We look ahead, Cooter, to um, uh, this weekend's game: Carlton versus Melbourne at three twenty p.m. the MCG on Sunday. Uh, uh, not sure about these twilight games. They're a funny time on a Sunday. <laughs> Thankfully, it's school holidays, Cooter. So. Yes. Kids can perhaps uh, stay out a bit later. But um, a great test for the club this week. Melbourne, again, is a team that's been touted as a, you know, a, a premiership aspirant. Um, they're certainly trying to uh, reach uncharted waters by making finals. Um, they've been under, a, under the pump a little bit of late, you know, for some of the tactics. You know, we saw Bug suspended this week for, for that uh, hit on Mills. How do you assess Carlton's chances against... Uh, uh, at Melbourne team that are perhaps maybe a year ahead of where we would like to be in terms of our development. Yeah. I think with the confidence of our players now, I think you know, they go in there obviously, you know, believing that they can win. And Melbourne's got a few injuries. They have. So they've got Viney out now. A big loss. They're, they're tough. Well, not to say that we can just walk in there and, you know, win, but it certainly gives us a window of opportunity. And I think the way the boys have been playing, I, I can't see the reason why they, they, they can't win. And uh, look, we'll only know Sunday, really, when it all pans out. But the form of the midfield and, and defence of the Carlton Football Club is really going to test Melbourne. It's a good little test for, for the Carlton team to go against, like what you said, a, a team that's you know, probably a year or two ahead of them. So it's going to be a great game. 
And uh, I believe my understanding is the early mail is that Samo Petrescu-Seaton and Harrison McCready, who I think both re-signed with the club recently, um, committing to the club for, for uh, uh, the future, uh, are likely inclusions. Uh, we don't know who's out at this stage yet, but um, again, you know, you look at those two names, Kuda, and that's, that's Carlton's future, isn't it? Yeah. The youth of the club on show. And, and it, it is magnificent to see so many young fellows being... Given a given a chance and really taking taking grasp of the opportunity afforded, and most of those young kids, I mean, we've seen you know what is it four rising star yeah, nominees this year? It's huge, it? yeah. And there's probably more to come. Really, there's more to come, you know. And for a long time, we we really didn't have a um, anyone knocking on the door of the of the rising star. Did we? we you know we were bereft of yeah. good young players coming through. But that's I suppose a measure of where where the team and the club is headed. Yeah, and when you, when you look at teams and the, the, the youngness of some of the players, that's where the growth comes from, doesn't it, really? So it's really untapped with Carlton with so many young players coming through and how far and quick they can grow. But obviously the environment must be good here now uh, for, to get so many you know, players coming through because in the past you look at them and go, they've got talent, why aren't they improving? But we can probably go through the entire list almost and probably you know, have 70 or 80% of the players that have improved. And we're talking about players that were champs anyway who have gone to another level and that's what you want out of out of a football club so they're getting it right here and it's exciting for us as supporters watching from the outside it was really hard convincing the kids to break for Carlton a few years ago when they weren't winning every week but now they're getting excited too with all the young talent coming through and I think that's important in the next generations of uh, Carlton supporters in our eyes beast we've seen the greatness of this Carlton football club but for a lot of these young kids who weren't born in our you know in our time didn't see the 70s and 80s and and 90s, early 2000s, they don't know how great this club is. So hopefully they'll be able to get to witness that in the next two or three or four years. Very, very well said, Cooter. And of course, uh, at the weekend after the uh, Adelaide game, it was magnificent to see um, a former, uh, I think he's a three-time premiership player, David Glascott, yes. in the rooms with his daughter yeah. afterwards, getting involved and, and soaking up the, 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 the atmosphere there. I think, I mean, you always get an indication, I think, if you see the past players around, that something good's starting to happen again, you know, yeah. and they, they again buy into um, yeah. the cause, and and it's just great to see more old players around the place. Um, we saw John Nichols was here at tra- the training session earlier with his older brother, Don, who played 77 games here wow. for Carlton as well, and their grandchildren. It was just magnificent to see yeah. them um, I guess immersing themselves in the place and the club again. So uh, things are on the uh, on the up, I believe, Cooter. So a home beast, isn't it? And uh, in our days too, we had a lot of the past players come around, and you know, and that's what it's all about. I mean, this club is built on on the history and uh, the players, and this club will always stand the test of time. But it's really important to get the old past players, I think, involved and being around, and you know, so there's there's happiness here. You know what I mean? You don't want people, you know, players saying, "I don't want to go back at the club." You really want to. Want them to come back and feel like they're part of it, and they've all been part of this, you know, the history of this great club. So, Glazer was a great player. He's a he's a he's a great mate. I see him around quite often. He's a terrific fellow. I admired him when I was young, playing in the under 19s, and he was from Thomastown, of course. <laughs> and so, you know, we loved him. But I think he won a premiership in the under 19s and reserves. And he did. is that right? He did. I, I think I that's think right. In every last time I spoke to him, then won three yeah. <laughs> AFL. Geez, they had a good run, didn't they? Beast, they had a great run. I always laugh with Dave Glasscott. I reminded you about this at the weekend too, that his old man originally lived in Fitzroy's own 
and right. he was worried that with David coming through that he was going to end up with the Lions. Right. And he said, no self-respecting son of mine is going to play for anyone other than Carlton. And he moved house wow. into Carlton's zone. And that's, that's loyalty. That is loyalty well, to the cause. He could see the future. He could. He could indeed. Well done, Mr Glasgow. All power to you. Great decision. Kuda, it's been fantastic to, uh, to glean your thoughts again today on, on the club for whom you so grandly represented over so long a period of time. Great to see you, um, you know, getting involved and interested in, in what's happening uh, with the fortunes of the team. Um, I look forward to seeing you and Susie and the kids in the rooms in not too distant future. No, um, and kids will love that. Can I just quickly say that against Geelong, before that, Ange and I are coaching the corporate team out on the ground. So before the Geelong-Carlton game, and I'll be there, so I'm going to bring my kids along and Lucas will be running the water, so he'll feel like you know, he's part of it. So that's going to be a great Will we see him with the number 43 on his back? or is oh, he? Can, I'm not sure. That's a long way to go. I just want him <laughs> to be happy and healthy. That's all I really care about, whether he makes it or not, it's up to him. The voice of reason, Cooter, you have spoken. Thanks again, Cooter. Magnificent to hear you speak today. Thanks for being our guest on The Two Tones. Uh, we'll have the other tone, Tony Moakley, back next week. Uh, before I sign off, to all Carlton supporters listening today, um, tickets for, Mel- uh, for Sunday's game, Carlton Melbourne MCG, are available through uh, www.carltonfc.com.au. Look forward to seeing a massive turnout at the home of football the weekend, and let's hope the Blues can bring home the bacon cooter. We want to see it. <laughs> Thanks very much. Signing off. Bye-bye now.